0: Good evening, Arbor. Uh, We are continuing our Still series. We are on week three, and just to let you know, this series will continue in the first week of January. But in this series, our our whole point is to help all of us be still during a time when it is very difficult to do that. And that's the whole point of the series, is to be still because God is still. And there might be some of you right now who, it, it, it is very difficult to be still, and you know me very well at this point, and I have a difficult time being still. You know, when I have plans and you know they don't go the way I thought, that's really hard for me. When, when change comes up, that's hard for me to be still. And when unexpected things pop up in my life and I turn into trying to fix it and get solution focused, that's, again, difficult for me to be still And and that could be you as well. And I'm going to be vulnerable with you because there are, there are moments in my life when, when a place that is supposed to bring still is actually the opposite. And, and, and that is my home. If you guys know anything about me, know this. I am a homebody. I love being home. After a hard day of work, hard day of work or just a crazy life, the, old, the one thing I want to do is just, is just get home. And it's so bad that when I get home and somebody texts me and wants to hang out, I, it's, it's hard for me to, to accept it because I just want to stay home because it's the place of still but there are moments when it's not and specifically it is when I'm at my house by myself um, as you guys know I have a wonderful wife named Audra and a son Cade and it's my home is only still when they are there and it is a very chaotic home I mean he is almost two years old but I, I can't explain it's just it's peace when I get home but when they're not there my house is like the scariest place in the world. It makes creaks and cracks and, and noises. Um, there's, there's noises outside of my house that is like the gnawing and gnashing of teeth that is explained in the Bible. I'll be in my bedroom and I'll hear like footsteps above me. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's somebody in my house. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but there's somebody in my house. And it is, it is terrifying. But when my wife and my son return, the still is there again. But the reality is that the noises didn't stop. Everything around me didn't change. It was just a presence of a person. So I want to ask you, church, right now, are you finding it difficult to be still? Because it feels like there is the the presence of a person is missing. You know, there's certain areas in your life that that you guys have responsibilities, you have titles, you have positions that, that is, could be difficult to be still. You know, some of you are husbands and wives, and right now it's hard, it's challenging. And it's been, it's been challenging for a little bit, and you, you're trying your best to be still, but it's hard to find it. You know, some of you who are mothers and fathers, whether that was planned or whether that wasn't, and you're trying your best, you're reading books, you're trying to do everything you can to be a great parent, and still doesn't exist. And, and there might be some of you who are employers or employees who, who may have had something happen or had to make a, a tough decision during this Christmas season and is causing angst, causing stress, causing anxiety. And you can't be still. And there might be some of you who are unemployed who find it difficult to be still. How are you right now? Are you, are you still or do you feel like you're missing something? Because that is what God's people felt. If you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I explained what the intertestamental period was, which is the 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the time of Jesus' birth. And within that, God's people were, were experiencing war after war after war, tension after tension, and they needed a Savior. Everything they went through was pointing that this world needed The Messiah, this world, needed the Emmanuel. You see, they knew the Emmanuel was coming. They knew it because God prophesied through Isaiah that the Emmanuel was coming. He said in Isaiah 7.14 that through Isaiah, he says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. See, they knew the Emmanuel was coming. They just didn't know when that day was. But the day that the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream was the start of the Emmanuel was on his way. See, Scott read this to us last week in his message that the angel appeared to Joseph and said that his wife, Mary, was going to conceive in her a child that is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear this son. And his name shall be Jesus. And this is what the Lord is doing to fulfill the prophecy that Emmanuel is coming with us. And Emmanuel means that God is with us. So tonight, we're going to talk about how that prophecy was fulfilled. We are going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, if you guys want to go there in your Bibles. But we are going to talk about how the Emmanuel showed up and how the Emmanuel was truly with us. Starting in verse 8, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and had seen, as it had been told to them. See, on this day, the prophecy was fulfilled. God was with us when Jesus was born. God was with us. The Emmanuel showed up. And boy, did the Emmanuel show up because because Jesus was really with us. Like, I want, I want you to hear that, church. Like, Jesus was with us. He entered a world that was messy, that was not ready for royalty to show up. Because I want to I explain to you what was happening in this world. In this world, there was racial tension. Racial tension between the Jews, the, the, the Gentiles, and Rome. And then not to mention the racial tension, there was also uh, a sickness and plagues that was spreading throughout the world. And during this time as well, Rome was taxing the people so bad that people had to live a life of poverty or homelessness and to a point where they were begging for handouts. And God's leaders, his Pharisees, were also misrepresenting God's law and, and leading people incorrectly. See, this was a messy world. A messy world. It was not prepared for guests like some of you have been trying to do all day is get your homes ready for your family members to show up. This world was not ready for guests and this world definitely was not ready for a king to show up. But our Emmanuel did. He did not avoid that mess. In fact he was born into it and embrace that mess from his first cry because I mean think about it. He was born in a stable and placed in a manger. The king wasn't born into a palace and placed in a comfortable bed. He wasn't even born in his own parents house of comfortability. He was, he was born in a mess. And the people that he first revealed himself to were shepherds of the field which were just hard-working men trying to make a living. He didn't first reveal himself to, to any kings or queens, to any religious leaders, to any government officials. It was just the common people. He revealed himself to us. He was with us. You see, and that's, why the, that's why the Son of Man came. That's why the Emmanuel came. You know, Jesus talking about himself in Matthew 20, said that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and be a ransom for many. And man, was that true? Because Jesus truly came here to serve the world, the messy world. Because when you go back to the mess, like as I said that there was racial tension in the world, Jesus did not avoid that racial tension. No, he... He encountered it. He went into it. He made his disciples feel the uncomfortability by going into Samaria and making people uncomfortable by teaching about the good Samaritan. He was with us. And talking about the sickness and plagues that were going in the world, again, he didn't avoid it. He embraced it. I mean, he literally embraced it. He touched the people who were supposed to be kept untouched. He was with us. And the poor and beggars... He didn't do what some of us do in this world where we try not to make eye contact or walk on the other side. He was with them. He was with us. And the religious leaders, he spent time with them, trying to teach them and correct them for his people. The Emmanuel was with us. He was really with us. You know, he wasn't like kings or queens who who feel like they're too good to be among his people. He was with his people. He was like us. Like, he was truly like us. He, he experienced the same struggles that we might experience now. Like, he could have, he could have not known where his next meal was going to be and was working hard for it. You know, he would understand what hard labor was. He would understand what, how, what it was like to get dirt under his nails. You know, he would understand pain and suffering. Our, our, our Emmanuel understood what it was like to lose people he loved like Lazarus and John the Baptist. He would understand loneliness as well as understand what it was like to be in a community. You know, He was just like us. He was living among us. See, that's our Savior. That's our Messiah. That's our, that's our Lord. That is our Emmanuel. And that is what this birth story is about, is our God coming down and living life with us, being the ransom for us. That is what was revealed to those shepherds in the field, that the Emmanuel has arrived, that he was going to be with us in this messy world. And their response was spot on. They were, it says that they were praising and glorifying the Lord and telling everybody what they have seen and what they have heard because Emmanuel is finally here. He is finally going to be with us in this messy world. See that's what the story was. That's what our Savior did. And church, the reality is our world is still messy and in need of a Savior and you might feel like your world is messy and in need of a savior. Because like I mentioned earlier, those responsibilities that you have as a a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, as an employer, as an employee, or anything right now that is causing you stress and anxiety or for you to not be still. You might have lost somebody. You might feel loneliness. You might have pain and suffering that nobody understands. But the truth is, our Emmanuel does. Our Savior does. And I want to be honest with you, we still have that Savior. Emmanuel is still with us. That Savior that was born in the um, manger among his people is still with us. He may have left this earth, but, but church, he has not left us. And you might be wondering, how do I know that? It's because Jesus told us when he was telling his disciples in the upper room the night, before, the night that he got arrested, talking to his disciples about him going back to the Father, he said that I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Church, our God is still with us. That presence, that presence of a person is still here. He is still with us. Just like how messy the world was during his birth, it's still messy but he is still with us. You know, we don't have to have that missing piece in our life anymore. You know, we don't have to let the noises, the creaks, the cracks, the gnawing, and the gnashing of teeth scare us. We can be still because God is still with us. I want to say that again, church. We can be still because God is still with us. You now we still have that savior who understands our struggles, or our wars, like I said a couple of weeks ago. We still have our Emmanuel to calm us through anything that pops up, anything unexpected that could cause angst and anxiety. You know, he is still working. He is still moving. And he is still with us, so we can be still. So let's respond the same way that the shepherds respond. Let's praise, let's glorify our Lord. Let's tell the world everything that we have seen and done so nobody ever has to feel like there is a missing presence in their life again. And if you're listening right now and you feel that in your life and you have yet to accept the Emmanuel, I want to invite you to do that now. If you are here and you are are, are stressed out about anything in your life and you feel like there's something missing, I'm telling you, cling to our Emmanuel. And if you would like to accept him or you would like to know more, then I invite you to press that prayer request button if you're on our website and I will respond to you. Or if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, there's a connection card in the, in the description, a link to the connection card. Fill that out. And somebody will get with you. Because church, we want to share Jesus with you. So you have God with you. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. We can be still. Because God is still with us.